I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh my goodness me! What a fantastic goal! What a goal! That is absolutely superb! Huge cheers go up around Emirates Stadium. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Monday, the 2nd of October. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on today's show, Aaron Ramsey talks about his charity work. Remember, a couple of Arsenal legends in this week's A to Z of Arsenal. Adrian Clark is back for another dose of the chalkboard. Let's kick off by looking back at Sunday's visit of Brighton, the very special Arsenal Insider. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, I'm delighted to say that TV star, comedian, stage star, the brilliant Matt Lucas joins us today as our Arsenal insider. Matt, an absolute pleasure to have you on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. How are you? Uh, Very well, thank you. And my pleasure to be here. Uh, Of course, you were at the Arsenal for Everybody game at the weekend and you were our guest of honour for the Wheaton against Brighton. How did you find the overall day, first of all? What was it like? Oh, it was lovely. Um, You know, uh, as I was saying, you know, everybody's very quick to uh, be critical of of, of football clubs, you know. And uh, actually, what Arsenal do so brilliantly is embrace the community and all the different types of people in the community. And so... Um, it was lovely to be a part of Arsenal for everyone and um, and very humbling because uh, I was there as the uh, patron of the LGBTQ supporters group. And, um, you know, when I was a kid standing on the terraces, hearing all those kind of homophobic chanting, uh, I, I never dreamed that the, the club would be so accepting and, I think uh, I think we've come a long way and I'm very grateful for it. Well, Matt, obviously your love of Arsenal comes in and out of your autobiography, Little Me, a fair bit. And we'll come on to all of that in just a couple of moments. But I'd love your thoughts on the game, first of all, to review it for our listeners. And another fairly straightforward win in the end after setting their stall out early. Yeah, I mean, they say a sign of a good team is when you um, uh, don't play at your best and still get the points. And I think that's probably fair uh, summation of how uh, Arsenal were. It was an early kickoff, midday on a Sunday. And I think it felt like everyone, fans, uh, maybe even the players, were still a little bit sleepy. But um, they scored two goals. 
and they got the point. And uh, Liverpool drew. So Arsenal are now fifth. Now, it was only a couple of weeks ago that they were 16th. So um, uh, it's a relief to see Arsenal back in that, um, you know, in those uh, vying for those Champions League places. Well, Matt, let's just remind ourselves of the opening goal coming from the slightly unlikely source. Well, this free kick is about five yards to the byline and it's about one yard outside of the penalty area, right-hand side. So Granit Xhaka is going to curl this one in left foot. He's going to be an in-swinger. Kalasinac holding towards the edge of the penalty area, towards the outside of the box. Uh, Kalasinac is making a move towards the six-yard area. Lacazette pretty much on his own far side. Now Louis Dunk has gone across to deal with him. In it comes towards the far post. Lacazette can knock it back. Falls here as the shot on the turn for Mustafi. Cleared off the line. Hector Berin does that strike an arm. Another opportunity. Nacho Monreal. Man on the spot to rifle home beyond Ryan after two previous bites of the cherry. It is third time looking for the Gunners, courtesy of our Spanish fullback. Yeah, Nacho Monreal with a really rich vein of form at the moment and hopefully he and the club as a whole, as you've touched on, just picking up some momentum now. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, I mean, it's amazing what's going on with the Manchester teams. Not just that they're winning, but how many goals they're scoring. Um, and uh, it's strange to have two teams both doing that. Usually, you know, sometimes you say, well, there's one team that's racing ahead, but uh, they're neck and neck. Um, Spurs looking good, but they are only one point ahead of us, so let's not get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and, and it's amazing how quickly, you know, that top six, top seven takes the shape that you'd expect with the two Manchester clubs and Chelsea and Tottenham and Arsenal and Liverpool, um, how it reverts to type. Uh, yeah. But so, Burnley could be the surprise of the season, couldn't they? Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? Sitting up in the top six at the moment, I completely agree. So, Matt, we heard from Nacho Monreal there, whose form's been great, as we've touched on. You look at Kolasinac coming into the team, one or two other players banging form at the moment. Who are one or two of your favoured players or those that, that you kind of really look out for? Well, I'm a bit biased because one of the players is my friend, and that's Theo, so I'll always stand with Theo. <laughs> and... Um, you know, I know he's not always in the starting lineup at the moment, but he last week he uh, he scored two goals and uh, very um, kindly stepped aside uh, for Olivier Giroud to take the penalty. So <laughs> I'm actually going to champion Theo and Olivier Giroud. Uh, actually, even though I know that neither of them are always a dead cert to start at the moment, um, because uh, I think they're both key players when they come off the bench. And vital, of course, to have a strong squad, as we well know, just to kind of finish our chat on Arsenal, to try yeah. and hopefully compete in so many different competitions. You need that spine, that backbone of stars, don't you? You do, you do. And actually, I'm excited uh, at the prospect of seeing a lot more of Jack Wilshire play this season because we've missed him. So, your new book coming out, Little Me, your autobiography, and uh, we've been thumbing through uh, one of the early editions here at the Arsenal Weekly Podcast, a really good read, and, and boy, does Arsenal feature heavily in, in loads of different sections, right from your, your very formative years, first of all. Yeah, well, um, my father, when he was 12 or 13, uh, had an accident on his bike and went over the handlebars and uh, really, really damaged his legs. And um, the doctor who operated on him was the surgeon for the Arsenal team. And while my dad was recovering, this is back in the 50s, um, he, he would give my dad tickets to go and watch Arsenal. 
And so uh, my dad became a big fan. Before that, he was only really into cricket. But he became a big football fan, a big Arsenal fan. And he passed that on to my brother and me. And so Arsenal has been a huge, huge part of our lives and, and continues to be, you know. And um, I live in the United States now, but I will watch every match. Uh, on TV, and when I'm in the UK, I, I get as many games as I can. And it's the the constant, you know, life changes. Uh, so many things change in life as the years roll by, but football remains the constant. And on that note, there's a really interesting section where you talk about after Little Britain's made it big, and I guess, you know, you're becoming a very lucrative and well-known star. You get the chance to actually own a box. Yeah, there was a moment there. And uh, for a few years, and I really enjoyed that. Um, but I also enjoy sitting anywhere in the ground. Uh, and I used to enjoy standing anywhere. And um, uh, that was a nice thing to have because it meant I could bring family and friends along. Um, but uh, it's, um, it's just lovely to go and watch them play. You know, it's great fun uh, to be a part of that. And um, that novelty has never worn off for me. Really interesting passage where you talk about how initially it was actually the, the sense of belonging, Matt, of going to the games and that kind of tribalism and that unity with your family was actually far more important than the action itself. Yeah, and I think a lot of people will tell you that. You know, a lot of people that, that, that uh, the ritual of going to the game, of wearing your lucky socks, of going to have a drink in your pub, um, meeting your friends, walking your route, to the ground and sitting where you sit, um, those things are really important, you know? And uh, like I say, life seems to move so quickly and technology moves so quickly and there's so much going on that it's really important to have those things there that, that don't change. And um, so, yeah, I have, I have close friendships that are born out of a shared love of Arsenal, you know? And I'm very lucky that my brother... Uh, my late father, even my mother, you know, we're all Arsenal fans. So uh, it's a way of us coming together. And there is a very poignant passage as well where I think you're visiting your dad after a, a spell in prison, aren't you? And you're keeping him up to date as well as with the family, but actually on how the Gunners are doing as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. Like I say, it's, uh, my love of the club has been with me through my whole life and I'm sure it will be. You know, and um, yeah, we love it when the team is doing well. But even when the team isn't doing well, you know, we I can't miss a match. Even in the earlier years when, of course, you had to uh, work at the Chelsea club shop. This is a fascinating story. I love reading this bit. Yeah, that, so basically I used to babysit for this family. And the guy, the, the dad of the family... Uh, got the franchise to run the Chelsea Football Club shop. And I think it was one of only two clubs in Britain that franchised out their, their club shop, you know, because obviously Arsenal, Arsenal run the shop themselves, don't they? Um, and so I became assistant manager of the club shop at Chelsea Football Club and I would wear an Arsenal shop, uh, sorry, an Arsenal shirt underneath my uh, Chelsea shop. <laughs> at 18, I think, wasn't it as I well? I was 18 years old, yeah, because... <laughs> Because uh, I'd done my A-levels and I was off to university, but I wanted to take a year out to do stand-up comedy. And I told my mum that. And my mum said, oh, great, but you need to bring some money in. You know, I've, I, I, you can't just live here rent-free. 
we can't afford that. So, uh, which is a fair point. Um, so I got the job uh, uh, at Chelsea Football Club in the day, and then I'd go and do stand-up gigs in the evening. Brilliant. Uh, and you talked, obviously, about the, one of the key reasons that you were here with us at the weekend. And once you'd come out, and I guess your you know relationships were evolving in a new direction, the really interesting little passage where you're with a, a partner who won't kiss you when you're wearing your Arsenal shirt. Yeah, yeah, he thought it was <laughs> vulgar. Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't into that. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. The Arsenal comes first. <laughs> well, Matt, I tell you what. Let's just finish then. Moving away from Arsenal, how exciting and how kind of fulfilling was it for you to to pen this autobiography, and how challenging at times to, I guess, bear your whole life out there in black and white for everyone. Yeah, it was a bit scary because I've traditionally been very private about stuff. But you know what? Your head fills up, and I just wanted to upload a load of stuff out of my head so I could create some space to do something new with it. Um, so I thought I'd put it all down on paper. And it was, um, it was, it was, it, I kept very busy because I was in Doctor Who for a year. And I thought, oh, well, they won't need me in Doctor Who very much. But actually, I ended up being in every episode. So I would be filming all day. And then I'd write the book at night uh, after I'd learned my lines. So um, it was a very intense year. But I think it was it was good, and uh, you know it's nice to be in control of it and to express the things that you want to express in the way you want to express them. So, um, you know, often when you say something, uh, uh, it can get a bit misreported and misinterpreted. So, it's good to be able to write a book and put everything in my own words. So, because uh, there were lots of different things that that the press have been interested in over the years, uh, aspects of my life and work, and it was. It was. Uh, it felt good to, to to talk about them, you know, in my way. So Matt, we've seen you in stage, stand-up, screen, so many things over the years. What have we got hopefully coming up from Matt Lucas? Do you know what? I really, really want to write a musical. Oof. That's the thing I want to do. Well, you were so good in Les Miserables. I remember seeing you play the innkeeper, Monsieur Tenadier, which was stunning. So you. maybe you could... Build from there. I don't know what do right, you think. A sequel to Les Mis. I don't think I'll be doing that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's. I have two really big passions in life, and one is football and Arsenal, and the other is um, going to watch things in the theatre, particularly the musicals. I just love it, and um, I get out to Broadway and see shows out there, and and see everything I can in London, and uh, travel all over to see things, and. Um, yeah, so I think it's time to stop procrastinating and, and start writing something for the stage. I demand Invincibles, the musical. How about that? Well, I used to think, you know, I, 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 one of the ideas I had once and, uh, was to try and do something about George Graham because I thought it was just a fascinating story about how somebody was such an integral part of the club as both a player and a manager. And then, you know, when I was a kid, uh, George Graham was manager and, and of course, your synapses move a lot faster when you're young. So that period of time that he was manager, six or seven years, was a very, very long period of time when you are 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. You know, it all moves so much more slowly. So he felt like a very present figure in my life. And then he was sort of banished from the kingdom. Uh, and after a year, Arsene Wenger came in and had such colossal success that the achievements that George Graham had had, had sort of dwarfed uh, in a way 
Um, and so sometimes I think it would be good to go and, and look back at George Graham. And uh, I wonder if there's a way of doing that on stage. It was one of about 15 ideas I've had. Uh, I don't know if I'm about to write it. I think I'm probably going to write something else. But he's a fascinating figure. And I think it's worth looking back at him. Funnily enough, George Graham features in the 80s of Arsenal for the letter G in a couple of minutes' time on this very show. Quite but, rightly. <laughs> but looking forward so much to reading the rest of Little Me and uh, a brilliant read for everyone. I strongly urge everyone to uh, get involved and, uh, and either download or buy a copy. When's it out? It's out uh, Tuesday the 3rd. Matt, it's been so good to have you on. Loving your work and hopefully we'll see you back here at Emirates Stadium for a game soon. That would be lovely. Thanks so much for having me on. Aaron Ramsey certainly enjoying a successful start to the season in Arsenal colours. The Gunners and Welsh international midfielder also organising charity events for the World Wildlife Fund. He spoke to us about why that charity has got a special place in his heart. You've been heavily involved in the charity for, for a long time now. Do you remember a specific reason or moment as, uh, as to why this became uh, something close to your heart? Um, I've always um, had that sort of um, connection and felt like I wanted to do something to try and help these animals which are endangered and um, yeah I can remember being a kid and watching all the documentaries with my dad and when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, you know, having that sort of um, feeling towards them back then. So, yeah, I've always wanted to do something. And, yeah, I try and do my, my bit to, to try and raise awareness or, um, and try and help, you know, save these animals and... You know, not for my for my uh, boy to grow up and be able to see as well. So it'd be a shame if if that wasn't to happen. Yeah. So is that something that maybe has become even closer since you've become a dad? It's become even more sort of uh, you are more aware of it. Yeah, of course. I've had the um, 
you know, the privilege to, to have gone over to, to Africa and seen some of these animals up close and in the wild freely. So, yeah, it would be a shame for my boy if he, if he wasn't able to do yeah, that. Of course. Um, and we, you've spoken before about maybe filming a documentary about this. Is it something that you still want to work on? Is it going to be? Yeah, of course. You know, we have to come up with the right timings and things. And, you know, the, uh, it's quite difficult as well with the short amount of time that we get off now yeah. and with the internationals as well in, in the summer uh, months. So, yeah, I would like to do on one day and, um, you know, and get out there and, uh, and get out there in the wild and, and see them up close. But, yeah, we'll, um, it'll happen one day. So what can Arsenal fans who are listening to this, what can they do? Is there, like, can they go to the website, WWF, or, or what can they do to get involved and to, to help the cause? Yeah, there's loads, of, um, there's loads of things going on on there. They're um, supporting so many different animals. But, um, yeah, the main one for me is still poaching. That's, that's still a massive um, sort of industry that's going on, which we need to try and put a stop to. But... Um, the demand is so high at the moment that, you know, it's, it's difficult, but I'm sure if everybody pulls together and, and gets behind it, we, we can make this happen to, to put a stop to it. The A. Achave! To Z. Or Charlie George, who can hit him. Oh, look, we go! G is for George, Charlie George, the local lad from Islington who went on to score the winning goal in the 1971 FA Cup final. Graham Bradford, Charlie George. Bradford. Oh, Charlie George, you can hit him. Oh, a free goal! Charlie George! Oh, what a fabulous goal by George! Clemens had no chance with that. Ray Clemens had a goal kick, and within about five seconds, I think the ball's in the back of the net. And for me, anywhere around 20, 30 yards, strikeable for me. As soon as it left my foot, I knew it was a goal. G is also for one of Charlie's teammates in the FA Cup final and future Gunners manager, George Graham. After playing more than 200 games for the Arsenal in the 1960s and 70s, he returned to Highbury as manager in 1986 and led the team to that famous night at Anfield in 1989. It was well planned. I mean, the actual player's surprise when I changed from what's sort of regular 4-4-2 to a 3-5-2. So we, we decided to uh, play with three, Tony Adams, Stevie Bold and David O'Leary. And then, uh, and then Lee Dixon could really push tight and John Barnes and Nigel Winterburn tight and Ray Houghton. And uh, it worked a treat, you know, I thought it worked uh, superbly and you, you take these chances being a manager. If it works and comes off, you're a hero and if it doesn't, you're a villain. If there's one thing I, I think I've, I'm proud of uh, in my managerial career was, uh, it was giving the Arsenal supporters wonderful memories and probably the best is the Anfield 2-0 victory. George would win a pair of league championships and league cups, as well as an FA Cup and European Cup Winners Cup in his nine brilliant years in charge. And finally, G is for Galatasaray. The Gunners have met the Turkish Giants on three occasions, losing the 2000 UEFA Cup final on penalties, but since then having back-to-back 4-1 -back victories. Welbeck on a hat-trick. Referee skips over the ball. Alexis, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Welbeck break. Here he is, and he's done it. Danny Welbeck. Scores a hat-trick for Arsenal, his first for the Gunners. Arsenal come forward, Ramsey feeds it to Podolski, left edge of the area! Oh, 
a fantastic goal. Lucas Podolski, a traditional Lucas Podolski finish. Arsenal have taken the lead in the early stages of this game and put a smile on their manager's face. Maitland Miles, Podolski, Podolski running down centre field, prods it towards Sonogo. Sonogo back to Lucas Podolski, who's in, it's 4-1, and it's a rare right-footed finish from Lucas Podolski. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. Adrian Clark joins me at the chalkboard. Clark, I can't help but feel we spent a lot of time together the last few days in various professional guises. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. I'm, I'm missing you dearly, Russ. I really am. I've discovered, by the way, that later on you're going to be doing something very exciting at one of my other places of regular employment. You're going to be actually doing the FA Cup draw. Well, this is, this is just unbelievably exciting. No one's officially told me yet. But, you are. But... Uh, you are. I can officially tell you. I'm going to be drawing the balls out. You along and with... Ray Stubbs. Brilliant. And I think Tony Incenzo is going to take part as well. So, yeah, I'm ho hopefully I'll give um, yeah, my former club, Margate, to home draw. I know, they're, I know they're in the hat. So, yeah, no, very exciting. And Kid of Insta Harriers, please, a favourable draw. Yeah, can't promise that. <laughs> Adrian Clark will be the man with the balls and the hat later. Incredible. We focus, though, on the task at hand, the chalkboard. Our question of the day, Adrian, should Alex Iwobi retain his position in the starting eleven when Mesut Ozil returns from injury? Absolutely. Of course he should, because... The rule in football, the rule should be in football, is if you play well, then you keep your place. Um, possession has always been nine-tenths of the law um, in, in football teams that I've played for anyway. And if you're delivering for the manager, if you're doing exactly what is required for the team, then I think you should keep your place. And, and yeah, there's a part of me that, that would think if in Alex Iwobi's shoes, if, if there was to be left out for me to lift you know, after the international break, it would make me think, well, what more do I need to do in terms of keeping my place? So, but look, who knows? Mesut Ozil is almost untouchable. We know that Arsene Wenger loves to pick him and he's a brilliant player. I'm, I'm one of his biggest fans, but, but I just like competition for places. And if it was me, if I was in charge, then I, I would, on the back of his last performance, I was certainly picking again next time out. OK, so we're taking a little bit of stock for the international break, Adrian. Now, what would be your season report card so far for Arsenal? How would it read? Oh, that's a tough one. I think um, I, I couldn't go above a six and a half out of ten because there have been a couple of disappointments. And I thought the performances against Stoke and Liverpool were, were way below par. Um, but the opening day was, was you know, very hit or miss, even though the team showed good character. But, and this is the big but, the team is improving really fast. Every every performance they're producing at the moment is a little bit better than the last. Defensively, fewer errors have taken place. So, so no, I, I can see some positive signs, no doubt about that. But, look, I think to be getting seven, eight, nine out of ten, we, we would have needed to have beaten Liverpool. We'd need to be right up there with the United and City as well. So, look, I'm not writing anything off this year. I think we've got a very talented team. But there is work to be done, I think. And I think the Arsenal moving aside is definitely a work in progress at the minute. So, yeah, I'll go with six and a half, but um, the, the signs look good. And back in action against, of course, uh, Watford a week on Saturday. Clarky will chat about that one in next week's chalkboard. Um, time now, though, to focus back on the brain of Arsenal. Brain of Arsenal. 
The Arsenal Weekly Podcast editor Liam Roberts is here with me in the studio. Big man, how's it going? Good stuff, yes. Yeah, uh, again, strange being in the studio in Adrian's chair, but um, kind of comfortable. Fits well on you, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, comfortable, yeah. Yeah, very good. He's looking well set here, Clark. You better watch out and um, <laughs> take it away. Uh, first of all, Clark, I just want to know, I, what's what's the, uh, the the ball handling skills for uh, for the draw? <laughs> I've got no idea. Um, look, I, the exciting part is that I'm going to know for sure whether there are hot or cold balls. I will know, won't I? Do you have to wear gloves? Is it, is it like the snooker <laughs> where you have to wear gloves? <laughs> I might glove up. I might glove up. They might not let my fingers, my, my grubby little fingers go on the balls. So, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll be fitted with... Uh, an FA issue glove. But yeah, no, what an honour. Will really this be the closest you've ever been to the FA Cup? <laughs> yeah, bring it on, bring it on. So yeah, no, I don't think they'll be using me for the, for the last round. Let, let, let's be honest about that. But yeah, no, it's, uh, it's going to be a good afternoon. Five second team talk on how you're going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to shuffle hard, Russ, and I'm going to be, I'm going to close my eyes just to be, just to be super fair. Perfect. Full report next week. Okay, so uh, Brain of Arsenal, um, our quiz that we've been uh, playing for five or six weeks now. It uh, feels longer. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a, it's been a popular uh, popular feature as well. You were getting tweets yesterday, weren't you guys? Indeed, we were. About can someone finally get the three peat? Yeah, um, we. I hope not because I'm running out of questions on Emirates Stadium. So um, <laughs> Russ is, uh, yeah, as he said, week week three or week four? Week three. Week three of Emirates Stadium. This week you're up against Adrian, who has chosen the FA Cup final of 2014. Uh-huh, memorable, yeah. memorable day. How memorable, we'll find out in a minute. Um, Russ, you chose last week. I went first last week. So um, Adrian, would you like to go first or second? Uh, I'll let Russ go. Oh, OK, he's, uh, he's deferring. I like this. So, four questions oh, on Emirates dear. Stadium, starting now. Russ, can you name six of the eight international teams to have played a friendly at Emirates? Brazil. Argentina. I know Brazil are featured in every single one. Well, that isn't a point, is it? No, OK. Uh, this is where I'm going to have to get a little bit creative. Uh, I'm going to say... Colombia. So no, I can't. It's the answer. <laughs> Could have had Portugal, Sweden, Italy, Republic of Ireland, Scotland, or Chile. Oh, I need Chile. I need Chile. Oh. It's easy to say on the other side of the uh, phone line, AD. Okay, question two. How many weeks did it take to build the Emirates? Weeks. weeks. Oh my goodness. Uh, first stones were laid. Oh, I'm just trying to remember now from. Oh, I'm going to say 42. 123. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Half point <now>. <laughs> <laughs> Question three. How many acres does the Emirates site cover? 16. Oh, it was 17. Oh! That's a great effort. Great effort. <laughs> and finally. Can you name three of the four corner bars at the Emirates at club level? No, I, I they have, can't. They, they aren't very Arsenal-based names. Okay, so. uh, let's say there's going to be a Dennis Bergkamp bar, no. Thierry Henry bar, no. and a Ian Wright bar. It's not. They're all legends. There's a legends bar. <sighs> there's Royal Oak, the champions bar, and 49ers. Zero, zero. zero. You should have got that one, mate. 
It's a zero. That was, again, horrifically tough. Three peaks. Had to be done. I was, that was self-preservation for myself as well, actually, because wow. uh, I'm, oh. I'm done on Emirates. So, Adrian, <laughs> you need one on the 2014 <laughs> FA Cup final. Please get one. Question one, what was the date of the final? 17th of May, 2014. Never forget it. Correct. Question two, which minute did Aaron Ramsey score the winning goal? 109. Correct. Who, ref <laughs> who refereed the final? Lee Probert. Correct. Question four. Who scored Hull's goals? Hull's goals. Uh, James Chester and Curtis Davis. Four nothing. He's whitewashed. You can put Wikipedia Back away now, Clarky, on your phone. Back of the net. <laughs> Sorry, lie, I'm kind of relieved. Kind right. of relieved. So, um, AD, you will keep um, the 2014 FA Cup final. Um, next yeah. week, we're taking a week off from the quiz, but I'll be here just to kind of give us an update on the scores because I don't think either of you know. I think it's going to be quite close because I think I've nudged, nudged ahead and then I'm pretty sure that's got it pretty close to parity again. Yeah, I'll have to do some uh, quick maths to get the scores. Um, Turning into an epic, isn't it, boys? Yeah. Yep. And so, Russ, which uh, your new subject for two weeks' time? Could I have... Arsenal first team kits and kit sponsors. Nice. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I think I can research that, yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, Clark Eat, look forward to speaking to you soon, pal, and uh, thank you very much, Lee. Yeah, been a pleasure, boys. Enjoy the international break. The final word. The final word this week goes to New Orleans Saints defensive end Cam Jordan. The Saints beating Miami Dolphins by 20 points to nothing at Wembley on Sunday in the NFL. And Cam was at the Emirates back on Monday for the win against West Brom. Um, I mean, this is my first uh, soccer match that I've, I've ever attended. Um, it's, it's awesome. I mean, we, we walked probably like, you know, two blocks to get here. Uh, I was like, you know, I was talking, I was like, it's 60,000 plus people. I was like, where is it? You know, normally you come to one of our football stadiums, you see it two blocks away. Um, but it gives it a very surreal feel when you walk up into it and you realize how grand this thing is. It's a chance for us to uh, not only spread our own knowledge of, of, you know, different countries, different aspects, different communities, um, but it also just gives us that much more of an appreciation of coming out to a, an event like this where, you know, you realize you guys say football and we automatically think hitting. You say football, you know, it's clearly talking about the pitch. And just to see, you know, the different style of, of course, you know, with athletes, I'm 6'4", 285 pounds, so I don't know what that turns into kilos. It was at a buck 37, you know? Um, and you you're probably not going to see anything my size on a, on a pitch field. Hey, um, just as quick. Yeah, you know, I like to think so. I like to think so. Um, just in terms of the athleticism that they show, uh, you're really excited about, you know, a game such as this. What are you most looking forward to seeing tonight? Come on, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be part of the crowd. I'm about to go! Like... Um, as far as who wins, clearly I'm rooting for Arsenal. Good man. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah. Appreciate it. Well, that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Aaron Ramsey, Adrian Clark, Cam Jordan, and of course to Matt Lucas for their contributions today. We'd like to know how we're doing on the podcast, so please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can subscribe as well and also find us on Acast these days. Remembering too to get your questions into Clarkie for the chalkboard on Twitter using the hashtag Arsenal Weekly. We're back on Monday, the 9th of October. Before then, though, we've got another Arsenal Weekly podcast stories. We're hitting depth there from Colo Torre, threatening on his career with the Gunners. That's this coming Thursday, October the 5th. Until then, it's bye for now. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.